don't really start very well. Yeah, we don't start <laughs> yeah, very we don't, well. We don't have a good light. <laughs> There's no special thing or anything like that. Yeah. We, should, we should probably do that. But Hey, we have a guest, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Catching Foxes. Super excited. Rose Ray is here. Now, we knew Rose. Rose, what was your, what was your maiden name? What was your maiden Samson. name? Samson. Rose Samson. Rose Samson. Were you? Would you define yourself when you were a Franciscan as a cool kid? Were you a cool kid? I have no idea. Did you <laughs> sit by the, we, the table by the cereal? I have no in the idea. Cafeteria? But, but we were all there together. <laughs> we were all there together. Are you class of? Are you class of 05? 06. 06. 06. Okay. Nice. Nice. That's and then basically I think, what Luke was, right? Yeah, pretty much. I had an extra year. Uh, <laughs> we were in Austria at the same time, right? That's yeah, because right. you went. Did you go fall of oh three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We were there. Yep. Twenty years ago. <laughs> I'm not handling that Crazy. well at all. Crazy. Yeah, not handling that yeah, part well no at all. Yeah, Gomer was supposed to be there, but uh, then he didn't because he's an idiot. So fine. <laughs> Literally, out, my man. greatest regret, my greatest regret at, at Franciscan University was not going with Luke. And it kills me sometimes when I think about it because I went with you know I went with my household brothers. It was my last semester, so I graduated in three and a half years, and that half was my Austria time. So I was there with oh, a guy who had already amazing. been. He was an RA, so that sucked that you're rooming with an RA. <laughs> and he and then all my household brothers who are all were all like the young guys, the sophomores and stuff. They were all on the lower floor, and I was on the upper floor. So, like, 90% of the shenanigans, I didn't even know it was happening. Mostly because I was sleeping. But, yeah. Oh, just my crazy. gosh. Yeah. Big thank you to longtime listener Kyle and the good people at the Saintly app for sponsoring this episode. So, as Catholics, we all struggle with our phone. Using them too much, or even, in the worst case, allowing them to become a portal to sin. If you have listened to our podcast for even five minutes, you know how we feel about that and how we agree. Today, I want to tell you about uh, Saintly, the app that helps you use your phone to deepen your, your faith, not send you to hell. With Saintly, you can surround yourself with the beauty of traditional Catholic art right now on your phone. Choose from a huge library of stunning masterpieces carefully handcrafted to work as your iPhone's wallpaper or lock screen. <laughs> Take that, Android people. I'm so excited about this because I have done this before, and I love having a like a really cool religious image on my phone. But typically, they're of a somewhat lower quality for the images that I that I want. You can get you know crap ones of 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 high quality anywhere. So I'm super excited to use this app. I was thrilled when he told me about it. But that's not all. I wasn't just thrilled. Stay connected to your faith with custom widgets that keep you informed about the saint of the day and important feast day. Each day, you are presented with beautiful art focused on that day's saint, and you can read more about the saint and the artist who created the art. So the fact that they have a widget about like Saint's Day, the fact that they have stuff about um, the feast days, which I'll be honest, your boy Luke has forgotten once or twice, not to go, but that there even was a feast day, and that they have some stuff about the art, and particularly about the artist. I just think that is great. Catching Foxes listeners, that's you, and you, and even you can get three months free of the premium subscription by using a special promo code in the app. Just go to the website besaintly.org slash foxes to learn more. That's B-E-S-A-I-N-T-L-Y dot org slash F-O-X-E-S, otherwise known as foxes, to learn more. Download Saintly now and transform your iPhone into a window to the divine. Take that, Tim Cook. Let the profound beauty of hundreds of years of beautiful Catholic art. I, I'm just kidding. I love you, Tim Cook. Let the profound beauty of hundreds of years of beautiful Catholic art elevate your phone and deepen your connection with your faith. One more time. Go to besaintly.org slash foxes to learn more and get your three months free of Saintly Premium. Thank you to Kyle and the good people at Saintly for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. But we have you on the show today, not just to talk about the mothership that is Franciscan. You are the author of two books. I have them. Did you see them behind me on my bookshelf? I got them right no, here. I'm oh, so yeah. Excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. I made the bookshelf. You did. you did. So the first one is an awesome coffee table book that you sent me because I begged you. Uh, Spirit no, and Life, uh, the Holy Sacraments of the Catholic Church. Very beautiful book. Very amazing photos of like fancy Catholic churches with just the right amount of hipster filter on those photos. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> And then we have the book that we're, that you're here. You co-authored it with George Monsoor, Defend Us in Battle, the true story of MA2 Navy SEAL, Medal of Honor recipient Michael A. Monsoor. 
This book is powerful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Agree. Can I tell you how? I want to learn how you got connected with all of this, but it's just a funny, my experience of reading this was I decided that I would go rucking around my neighborhood with the audiobook in and, so and i didn't listen to it unless i was doing the rucking because i i needed to keep doing that and i am like walking around the block crying at 10 o'clock in the morning because of some of these scenes in this book i mean it just ripped right through me so thank you for that all my neighbors think i'm extra special now not just that a fat, oh fat middle-aged man is walking when around does the back. work? It's, it's pretty powerful, though, being read, isn't it? The guy did it a is. great job reading it. Oh, yeah. He did a great job. There, the When you first sent this to us, I typed in the, the title, and I saw that Jocko Willink had interviewed George Monsor, uh, Michael's father. And I watched that, or listened to that, and originally I, had, I was watching it on YouTube, and he read the opening chapter, chapter one. Right. And good Lord. So I tried to tell my wife a little bit about the story today. And she was doing her catechism a year with Father Mike Schmitz. I'm not jealous. Um, <laughs> and so I read her the the scene with, what's his name? Kay being dragged mm-hmm. out of the battle scene by Michael. And he looked up and kind of had this like bizarre out-of-body experience. And he said he felt these, wi- or saw feathered wings surround them as he was being dragged out and all these enemy fighters are firing at them and not a single bullet hit them at that time. And I was just like, (laughs) and I'm like choked up as I'm reading this and my kids come off the couch and they like gather around as I'm reading this. So y'all did a phenomenal job writing this book. Well, and Gomer, the the reason I think that it's so emotional is because you're feeling the Holy spirit, you know, because I we couldn't expand upon the book because it was, it's a secular publisher, Harper Collins. But what happened was he really saw wing. So we wrote it. uh, When I say we, this is a group project. Um, I said yes to God, but George was by my side. Um, My husband, who is a Navy SEAL, he was the one who put that first chapter together by my side. I have not been to war. I have not seen bullets flying at me, but he has. So he spent hours on that, the whole book with me, to just really bring to life what these guys live through on a daily basis. So he's such a gift. Um, but anyway, the gentleman we'll call Kay, because we're keeping him anonymous, mm-hmm, right. he went to Michael's mother, and all of that written in there is truth. He saw wings around wow. Michael. So he thinks, I don't think he's very religious, he just knows his life was saved by Michael. He mm-hmm. thinks... He's, he tattooed his entire torso, guys. You can look it up on the internet. Look up Michael Monster Angel tattoo. You can see it. He made Michael and then put wings on him and the St. Michael prayer. Well, being Catholics, we know it wasn't Michael. We know St. <laughs> Michael was there. Yeah. And he was mm-hmm. there surrounding them, you guys, with his protection. That is why <laughs> so not wild. one single bullet hit him. And that yeah. was where he earned his silver star. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So... Background for for Michael Anthony Monsoor, born in 1981, died September 29th, 2006. Yep. What, like, uh, just a couple days before he was supposed to go home, he had volunteered mm-hmm. to stay behind. Half the uh, half of his 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 group of Navy SEALs, they were already packed up. Their guns were on pallets, ready to be shipped off. And he had, I think, he traded with a guy right who wanted to go home to his wife and kids, mm-hmm. and so he volunteered okay. to stay left a voicemail for his family went out and and a grenade bounced off his ch- was thrown so enemy fighters come in a grenade is thrown over onto the roof where they're perched him and two others Doug and another Mike Mike S and it bounces yep. off his chest and Michael Mansoor was right there they said he was the closest one to exit mm-hmm. but instead he dove on top of the grenade and 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 died and the craziness of that story is, you know, his parents named him Michael's dad wanted an old Testament name. He, he, so they named him after St. Michael, the archangel, and he dies on September 29th, the feast day of St. Michael, the archangel. And it's just it, like this incredible story. So also last night at around midnight, I, <laughs> I went onto the old YouTubes and I watched, I watched the commissioning of the USS Michael Monsoor. I watched the whole hour and a half dedication out there in San Diego. Was that 2018, 2019, something like that? 
And I watched all the speeches and all that stuff. And to know that there's what is it like a box welded into the uh, ship of like the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer, a medal, like all of this stuff from his life and and his faith and all that. Um, Yeah, it's just every page is an incredible. It's an incredible story. When we never even knew all the, um, I mean, my husband knew being a 20 year military member, but I had no idea the history that goes into building this. Uh, it was, it's a steel guided destroyer missile, missile destroyer ship, like yeah. this great, incredible ship. And when I learned all of these traditions, I was like, they have to be part of his story because yeah. just as mm-hmm. we learn the building of this hero, we're learning the building of this ship. And, and mm-hmm. we don't do this alone, right, guys? One universal Catholic church. Mm-hmm. It, all these people in our life form us along the way. And all these people stepped in to build this ship. It's just pretty powerful. Yeah. How, how do you, like, I mean, this is an, an incredible story. And I think for people of our generation, it is a, I mean, it is a, it's a powerful story in general but when you think back to that time period i mean you have a husband who's in the seals i have like we, we all have friends who fought in like iraq or you know afghanistan i'm a little multiple times this is a really yeah. it kind of like one of the things that i really enjoyed about this was i mean enjoyed could could be the, the wrong word but it's like you kind of like forgot about it a bit you know like it, it became this thing that happened 10 or 15 10 or 15 years ago and it's a part of what happened, but it's, you know, like we all have moved on to other, like own parts of life and going back t- to this, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, this was a big deal. And how, yeah. and like, and this is like a real heavy thing that for a lot of um, people, there are, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm putting this very poorly, but like, how do you approach this? How do you approach a, a story like this? That is, like so like personal and so because like i i mean i was a i'm a history major so i'm used to i will read books about people who've been dead for almost 100 years you know and there's and you yeah. are just like detached and with right. this it's impossible yeah. to be detached i mean he looks like he could be an insert household i'm here like everything <laughs> right. I, I i i remember like there was probably one a prod He'd probably be a prod. He was a wild guy. He was wild. He was definitely yeah, wild. Yeah, wild that, that's actually probably true. It'd be the prod that we all enjoy hanging out with in Austria. Yeah, because he was so sweet. Like, and th- and then he'd say, "Hey, do you want to get in my car and go for a ride?" And be like, "No, <laughs> I like, no. yes, I do." <laughs> um, but like, I mean, I, I remember like on the you know his outfit by his car. I was like, we all wore outfits. Like, I mean, it was it was just weird. It was it was almost like a. It was almost, it was kind of like the first book I've read that really took me back in time to an era I remember. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and we all have a it friends. was our age, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like how so how do you so this is not something that you're doing through the lens of like history per like per se. This is a really personal story. How do you even begin to try to tell that? You know, just like you guys, passion is, is uh, you know, sharing God's word, right? Ministry, like fighting mm-hmm. for souls. And, and mine's the same way. And my, my, I've always loved stories. So I'm sure just how you loved reading, Luke, these history uh, events of our world, salvation history, current history, past history. I just have always been moved by stories. I think God is so great how he gives us these heroic examples of the saints, you know, of the people in the Bible, like Paul, or, you know, mm-hmm. all these just, mm-hmm. wow, okay, this is what they did. I'm not doing this. I am doing this. You know, just wonderful people to emulate. So telling stories for many years, God definitely prepared me because this one was a doozy, right? Um, I had magazines that we'd always share these beautiful, inspiring stories of saints and modern people. And... um I don't know. I feel like God finds us, right? When he wants us to do something. And my husband had what was invited to the commissioning of the ship, you guys, that was named after the, from, by the former secretary of the Navy. He Mm -hmm. chose to name this beautiful brand new modern ship after Michael and his heroic actions. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know about him. How crazy. It's just Mm -hmm. such a story that most people don't know. Yeah. And my, uh, my husband was at SEAL Team 3 at the time. This was on 2019. Okay. And Michael, that's what he where he served when he died. So Ryan goes to the commissioning, my husband, and he brings back this little book that talks about the ship. It has a ship sponsor and some little traditions, why it's named after. So I open it up, guys, and I read one paragraph about mm. Michael. And like a bomb exploded. I was like, mm. you got to tell this boy's story. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know where to begin. I just knew that the world needed to know what he did. I didn't even know what I'm a seal wife. 
Yeah. So it just started from there. But it's funny. Michael's parents said no to me for like two years straight. They just were not ready because it is. Mm -hmm. Who wants to talk about your son to the world? It's like this treasure that you hold that you're just not ready to, to share yet. But I... I just kept asking our blessed mother. I don't think it's any accidents assumption today. I asked, kept asking for her guidance and St. Michael the whole time. And I just, my prayer was soften George's heart, soften mm-hmm. George's heart. And I kept being like, Michael in heaven. I'm like, you've got to chill your dad out. Like he wasn't mean. <laughs> he's just hard, like a hard ass. Right. And he's mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. little by little, you guys, two years it took. We're now hmm. like, we're the, you know, he's my, he's my partner in this. And he, yeah. it, it's, it's been one of the greatest experiences of my life. Yeah. I, uh, on the Jocko Willing podcast, he had talked about, you know, there, there's supposed to, it's funny in the seals, right? There's supposed to be this like secrecy and seriousness. Yep. And then there's like this animosity with some of the seals who tell their stories and make a ton of money. It's like all these books yep. published of. Of all this stuff, and it's it's funny because I I've read there's probably about four or five Navy SEALs that I've read either their books or different things. You know, I've read everything that Jocko has published, mostly because I I was doing leadership training, and I so I got his Great. three books on leadership and stuff like that. And my kids all have his children's books, including yeah. Mikey and the Dragon. And yeah. we've had that the day that came out. I, I want to say it was probably the opening week that that went for sale. We had it in our home and. So I've always, you know, Mark and Mikey and these these guys that are a part of his task unit bruiser that was out in Ramadi. Yes. And for, for people who don't know, so, okay, so on the Jocko Willing podcast, he talked about how reserved and hesitating he was at turning this into a story because he didn't want it to be just like an action book. Like, oh, yeah, look at all the cool mm-hmm. military things. Now, there's elements of that in there, but it is the person of Michael mm-hmm. comes through. I agree perfectly well, and uh, that's what I loved. And I loved it because as I was walking today, was it today? Yeah, I was. I was thinking like, oh, like you're jumping in the timeline. Like different chapters yeah. will take place, and I was yeah. like, a little Christopher Nolan action here. <laughs> We're breaking apart the timeline, and I loved it because you actually got. It, it was like between the boat and the battles and the growing up, you know, story. You got a better sense of the man in doing that. Right, I really do feel like that because as you're explaining these things, even when it's about the boat and the getting the the ship commissioned and come to life or whatever they call it, you like you keep getting his personality more and more and more. And it was cool because at the end of that podcast, they were like, "Yeah, you definitely found the right writer in Rose Aww. to make this happen." So I was like, "That's awesome! That's awesome!" Because I know he was so hesitant to do that. He so really it's, was, yeah. But it wasn't me, guys. Like, yeah, I was the vessel, but it was totally God. Because, I mean, you know, with my husband and then these seals that barely talk a lot, they mm-hmm. totally, like, I had to book, like, second interviews. Like, I was sitting with them for hours. I'm like, ah, you have so much to say. Yeah. They were absolute rock stars. And guess what? That story would have never happened if yeah. his friends didn't step up to be his voice. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, what I poured into this, every word was was love and absolute <laughs> charity of, like, this boy was incredible you know there's no hidden meaning like i want to make money or you know yeah this guy's so cool let's hear rose's voice you didn't hear my voice you didn't hear my husband's voice like you heard this communion of 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 just love and respect for this man huh that's a really good way to put that because now after reading the book i i can see that how it's like it is really an effort of of a community because you do have like different voices throughout the book that are providing like a different, like a, not like a different perspective per per se, but almost on like a different insight, like a little, and it's like, mm-hmm. there are all these little parts that kind of like that come together to like really paint a picture of, of, of who, of who this person was and why, like you see how like the roots of, of him doing an act like that go back to when he was a kid and not liking um, bullies mm-hmm. or not liking injustice and, and not really wanting to quit, which is the thing that I really t- took away from this book. Well, I mean, there was like a lot of things, but I have a daughter and I've, I really tried to make an effort to have her experience hard things. Like I'm trying to not protect her. I mean, I am, but like th- I am trying to build up a spirit of perseverance within her, you know, as, as, as opposed to like, let's do like hard. I mean, 
I don't want to put her in like a bad spot or anything, obviously, you know, but like, I want her to have a spirit of like, keep going. And I remember even talking to her on this morning after I forget what happened. She's like three and I'm, I'm like acting like she's on like a varsity. I'm a football team. I'm like, you must never quit. But I can't remember like what she was. I think she was having a hard time getting on her shirt. And I was like, just keep going. Like, don't ever quit. I'm, okay. And I was like, look at me. Don't ever quit. And she's like, I just want to watch bell. Please go away. Um, but like, it, it, and it really like just comes through. Cause I think those are things yep. that, for the most part, when we talk about like not quitting, it's not in the context of like your career or things that like I mean, those yeah. are all good things, and it's why we, why why we want to talk about those 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 things. But like, here's a guy who didn't stop when like any other sane person would have been like, no, 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 it's fine. Like you have done more than you know, like yeah. you. Chill it's out. a yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like it's pretty. I was really inspired by like, just like, man, that's right. Like the human body can endure a lot. And like the, and so can the, I'm human, the, I'm a human spirit. It's pretty incredible. So like for you, when you're trying to put that all together, was there kind of like one thing there? Like, I've got to get this part, like a, a, a cross, or did it all kind of like, come together because it seems like it's so organic the way that the um the, the way um that it's sold it doesn't feel like it a b c you know it's it's it feels very on the real like you get a real sense of like of the person so was there like one thing when you when you started to do all the research for the book like what was the starting point for for you well, getting George to say yes. So once I got him to trust me yeah. and say yes, <laughs> that was a big one. And once that happened, I mean, God just moves. And I think I watching God move is mesmerizing. Like mm-hmm. people have no idea. People try to do things on their own. I'm like, you don't understand. God's way is so much better because here's a mm-hmm. perfect example. He gives me this writing assistant, my husband, who has 20 years of military, you know, war training. He's one buds class behind Michael. You can't make this stuff up. You know, mm-hmm. he knows all the ship stuff and the captain was phenomenal that you read about in the book, right? Just mm-hmm. so much content. But then you guys, something as simple as, so then I just took it to prayer and I'm like, God, how do you want to do this? And it just like comes out. It's so amazing, our Lord. So then I knew I had to build the ship. Okay. I'm like, Ryan, we got to do it this way. And then even going back to like as little as the super cool cliff diving and spearfishing mm-hmm. scene yeah. get this out i'm like i don't know how to spearfish you i could read about it all i want you guys i have no idea what it's like to stab a fish underwater right so my neighbor in california san diego like comes over i'm literally working on that one but i knew it had to be in there because the guys did it and it was such a funny story the two seals as i'm sure yeah. you remember i'm like we gotta do this one and he comes over and that's what he does. He spearfishes. He's like a fisherman. And I was like, okay, listen, you got to tell me exactly what you feel like when you're chasing that yeah. fish. He's like, cause I didn't, you know, he's like, Rose, it's slow motion. And he's like, taking me through all the scenes. And I'm like, Lord, who does this? You know, I mean, he yeah. just, he lined everything up. You guys, I just had to put it all together. That scene was awesome in the book because <laughs> one, the guy from the Midwest who's never been spearfishing before <laughs> Kills a, a Garibaldi fish or whatever, which is the state fish yeah. of California. It's highly illegal. So <laughs> Michael has to go and hide the dead fish under a rock so the other fishermen don't see them. And then as they're trying to get the motor started at the end of their... Oh, am I, am I connecting two different things? No, no, it's, got, right, it's yeah, right. All the yeah, same chapter. Yeah, they're trying to <laughs> get the motor started. They're pulling and pulling and cranking and cranking. And the guy elbows his other dude in the face and cracks his nose. And the Michael's like, well, I got to... Your nose is out. It's broken. Let me reset oh it. And he sets it and then they go off on their merry journey. Like so many, so many things happen in that scenario that I would have been like, done. <laughs> I, I, I think I like, I think actually out loud I went, oh, when I read that part. Cause just, oh. Yeah. My son Thomas accidentally got a baseball, a metal baseball bat right to the face two oh, days, gosh. A, a few days ago from my other son on accident, standing too close to him when they were playing baseball at a friend's house. And his nose swelled up to one oh. side. And as I'm reading that, all I'm thinking about is my poor son, Thomas. How we thought his nose broke. Turned out it didn't break. It was just swollen and swelled on one side, so it looked crooked. But the fact that he just, in the boat, takes his thumbs and just, oh, there we go. Like, And the funny thing, I, I was thinking about this. There's another Navy SEAL who I was thinking of earlier, Clint Emerson, who is insane. And Clint Emerson, when I was reading his book, 
one of the things you get the sense of, and same with Jocko Willink and and Leaf Babin. Did you interview Leaf? Was he a part of the story? Yeah, Leaf. Well, I mean, he was part of the sister platoon, but he didn't know Michael well, so okay. we didn't interview him for this. But he was his sister platoon. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. He was in the the navy video that they do for the commissioning yes, like uh, yeah. he was yeah and i was like i know that raspy voice i listened to his audiobook but like these guys were bo- like they're born different <laughs> like, yeah. they're just they're born different and i mm-hmm. think about this all the time in terms of like uh that warrior spirit like whatever whatever magical congruence of personality traits and life factors like i think of like jocko willing talking about he was raised in like a very liberal like very college bound academic environment. And so he started listening to punk music because he couldn't stand it. And he wanted to do the most punk thing, which was join the US military, right? Like oh there are these gosh. things and, and they're just they're all like such like they're performers, the demands they put on themselves, the standards they have. You know, David Goggins talking about doing buds with like broken knee or shin bones and stuff. Oof. And then the same happened with with Michael and his feet were so bloodied and damaged that you know sadly he had to he had to hit that bell and i wonder what that him walking up and turning in his helmet and hitting the bell and dropping out of the his first attempt at buds like what that did to a man who literally wrote with sharpie what was it never give up or never quit in his helmet yeah that that mentality which i I think they said is welded that phrases carved in all throughout the boat different sayings Mm -hmm. of michael um Yep. Like, I, and I just thought, like, oh man, that must have destroyed him. But then I thought, well, no, because that probably taught him the most profound humility in terms of, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, actually, the, I do have limits. Now, yep. how can I overcome it? You know, I, 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 everything. Yeah, I don't know. I can keep going on. Absolutely. I'm like canonizing I, this guy. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that, though, on a serious note. I do believe only time will tell, guys, because we don't know the future. Our, our beautiful Lord mm-hmm. does. But. I believe that's part of the reason why God asked me because I'm not a rock star writer. I'm not, you know, Miss Special, really anything, but I will pour my heart and soul into something that God asked of me, which is what I did, but still with that Catholic mentality of look what God did, right? It wasn't Mm -hmm. just about Michael. We know someone was working through him, right? The Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. And when I read, actually, after I wrote the book, I didn't know this, and then I read it, how uh, George Weigel called him a martyr of charity. And I oh, believe well. with my whole heart, we have like Pierre Frasati, right? Is mm-hmm. he being canonized yet? Or is he still blessed? I think he's still And he's blessed. on his way. Yeah. Okay. He's on so his, he's yeah. on his way, yeah. right? And he, up until now, he's really our most modern, kind of young, handsome, uh, energetic, adventurous saint that we have in our lifetime. We've got, you know, tons of saints in the past. But, you know, God willing, you know, the military could really use some intercessors because it's really going through a lot right now. And yeah. Michael, you know, he embodied this love for the country, love for family, love mm-hmm. for his brother and love for our Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was so moved by that because I'm like men and even women, we need examples today where we look at them like Luke said, and we're like, I wore an outfit like that. I went too yeah. fast in my yeah. motorcycle, yeah. right? I to was in shape for one year. Like, yeah, <laughs> I remember, you know, we don't mm-hmm. all dive off of, you know, 70 foot high cliff rocks because he's psycho, but we want to be good. But he failed. He made mistakes. He wasn't mm-hmm. perfect. That was George's big thing. His father, he's like, Rose, he wasn't perfect. I'm like, that's why I want him. None of us are. So for someone mm-hmm. to stand up in front of us, and we've got a lot of wonderful Catholic speakers on the circuit, and that's great. But Go not on. one of them. <laughs> yeah. Not one of them are perfect, and it's hard right. sometimes when this image is portrayed by you know anyone or maybe a Jocko or I don't know who, but that like they did it all right. We don't, you know. So I just think Michael's so inspiring to be like, okay, he failed too. I can get back up and keep going. Yeah, yeah. Because that like I I mean my I didn't know that like that he didn't make it that he didn't make it his first time. So I was like, wait, what? And I was just, I was just kind of like surprised. I was like, so then he had to think, I, I was just like in my head, like, you then know what you're getting into. <laughs> Cause there's yes. like, like I remember in high school, I was, I was on the football team and this was one of our two days. I think it was like my sophomore year. We had to, our coach goes, you got to do a thing called like, it, it, like fighting Scott. We were like, what? I'm like, okay, well, that's <laughs> fine. So we like get like on the end line and, and we had to do 100 um, yards. Th- all the way down and back that counted as one time we, we we had to do that 10 times and i was like well that was horrible i'm a, I'm, a, I'm so glad that that's done and he goes now do like now it's like i'm um, 80 yards eight times and i was like oh, I'm, I'm sorry it was like 90 yards and i was like no 
no, no, no. So we do that um nine times, and then it's eight. And I was like, why are you doing? You know, and 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 so then we knew we we're gonna have to do it again next next year. So it's like out of your head because you're an adolescent, and you know everything is like who cares. And then and then about like a week before, I was like, oh oh man, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm do this again. And mm-hmm. I was like, we were all actually getting anxious building up to because we know like what's coming <laughs> and how horrible it, it was. And I'm not trying to compare that to what you know what he went through. Yeah. I mean, Luke I basically went through Bud's training. But like, what I was like, I just like man, like the like I'm a physical, like just like I'm a, like when you have been through a thing. I mean, this is like six months long, right? And. I yep. think it said they were like six weeks in or so until you get to the hell week. So it's like not even in the beginning. It's like, <laughs> and I'm like, just having to be aware of what's going on of, of, of sorry, what you're trying to do, do again. Yeah. And you know how hard that is. That takes a certain type of stamina and perseverance at like now, like 40. I, I wish I had that. <laughs> you know, because well, that's guys, special. like a really, a really powerful part too, which I was very adamant about putting in was, you know, we know in scripture where our Lord says, where two or more are gathered, I am in their midst, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you see all these tough seals and all this stuff, like, yeah, I did it, I did it. Well, did you really do it on your own? You know, and maybe Locke did, that's great. But I, that's why I was very adamant yeah. about putting in those two stories of those yep. seals. Mm-hmm. where one guy was like, because you get mentally to this point, to this block, right? Or a lot of them do. I can't speak for everyone, but the guys I talk to. And it's like, why should I keep killing myself? Why should I, you know, they're, they're, yeah. you t- haven't slept in yeah. days. They're yeah. you know, eating their, their, their end, you know? And how, how do you push through the, the wall? And one guy just, the no one cared. They're like, didn't say anything. And he did, he quit. Where another guy, you know, and it's actually my husband who the guy said, just shut the F up and keep going. And he was like, that's all I need, Rose, to keep going. And that was yeah. so powerful to me because, as we say in the book, Michael did that for how many guys during yeah. Buds? Mm-hmm. I talked to two or three that were like, Michael, help get me through. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was so amazing. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me when I was when I was power walking my neighborhood as that that <laughs> that part came up. It reminded me of this this expression about empathy. And there's this big thing about, you know, since our schools are mostly, most teachers are women, women kind of paradigms tend to get imposed on classrooms and stuff. And so there's this big argument over trying to get boys to be more empathetic. And this male psychologist was writing, talking about boy version of empathy. And he said, there's not just one way of being empathetic to someone. Like, so a boy falls down, skins his knee on the soccer field. Starts crying. Girls run up and they say, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Are you, can I help you? Whatever. That's what teachers recognize as empathy. But then the other boys, they run by and they go, get the hell up, man. We need you. Yes. And he said to, to most young boys, the get the hell up, we need you is one of the most empathetic statements because it's like, yeah, you do need me. And mm-hmm. I do need to, I did just need to deal with it. And when that line, you know, uh, get the F up, you know, which read beautifully by the narrator. <laughs> it, that that moment, it, it's like yes, like that's the thing that so many people need to hear. And I love how you you included those, those those juxtapositions of the one guy who never heard it and he dropped. What's it like? Seventy five percent of the buds class didn't make it. Um, the, Even the same more, one. I feel like it's yeah. it's eighty. I mean, out of two hundred and twenty, I know my husband's class or two hundred fifteen twenty made it. Yeah. Whoa. And that's the whole, about the numbers. Yeah. Back and I like anyway. Yeah, I like what you were saying, Luke. Like. It is a mind game. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to mm-hmm. wreck you mentally. And like one of the trainings where the, the rollover where it's like you get hit by a wave, you're underwater, they take your mask off, they, and then you have to slowly reassemble and re-get your gear. Meanwhile, you are trying to force yourself to not breathe in the water because all you're out of breath, but you ha- still have to stay focused enough to do it. And uh, yeah, it's wild, like all of these things. And yet, and that's because when they're in the battle and, you know, they talked about uh, new Iraqi troops doing the pray and spray where they'd run away from the battle and just fire over their shoulder, the inexperienced Iraqi troops. Like the difference between that is that mental fortitude, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to mm-hmm. just stand and say, like, it doesn't matter what, I mean, like the sounds and all that stuff. And me and Luke have a couple friends who were in Afghanistan in kandahar and and areas like that and they just describe what it was like and it's like how did how did you how did your brain not break i I think jocko said 
the majority of men in a fire police officers in a firefight retire after they do their first and only firefight. Oh my goodness. I yeah. did not know that. Because it, it breaks them. Like you know, or like they, they get too jittery or too nervous. Michael uh, his his group within Task Unit Bruiser, the Delta Platoon, they went out, I think, twenty five of their first missions paired with the army, 25, 24 of them were heavy combat missions. And mm. contrast that with the, the special operators in Vietnam. The guy said that he went on 64 missions and was in four engagements and never once, and that was a lot for them, and never once went Winchester on ammo, never once ran out of ammo. And there were several times where where they went out on ammo because they were so much just caught for 12 hours of fighting and all of this stuff. And when you start to hear it, like you realize the Battle of Ramadi was one of the most intense battles in the history of warfare. And we're like watching it on the evening news. We're clueless, Mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff. And when you see it through the lens of George and Sally and you hear this and you see the man like that's the thing that i think's the most important cuz you know my buddy ray luke's buddy nick like they saw horrible stuff and it can be so easy for you know people to to wave a flag and to just stand there and forget about that mm-hmm. these are actual individuals who are doing this mm-hmm. and not only that but even within that they're not just they're doing like heroically Mm-hmm. in these horrible situations my other favorite story is a story of father halloway and how uh halliday 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 how, yeah. yeah how he got brought in and he shows up on base and the first thing mikey finds him out i keep calling him mikey like we're best friends but michael finds him and then says can i go to confession and then he goes to daily mass as often as he can and he goes to confession i, I listened to him at the commencement speech which you also include in the book the, the closing prayer and stuff like that. And it's just, it's so dang moving. All of these things that, that, yeah, it's moving because it's real. Well, and it's like, who does God send us? Again, he never leaves us on our own. Mm-hmm. So Michael knowing, God know Michael didn't know, but yeah. God knew that Michael would be needed to do these incredible things, right? But our human nature link gets us so far. And that's why when you said, you had the other book of mine on the sacraments. What sets our religion apart, guys, from every other religion is the gift of the sacraments where Jesus gives us himself. Mm-hmm. And it's like what made Michael go from like human to superhuman actions while still being a human? How do yeah. all these saints like do these superhuman things, right? He had Christ right there and he had him in the Eucharist. He had him in cleansing mm-hmm. his soul and confession, you know, and he had that encouragement from the priest up until the very end, you guys. And it was so powerful um, because after uh, interviewing with Father Halliday, who's like totally BA, you saw him at the commencement, Gomer, but like just a tough guy, which again, yeah. our world needs strong Catholic men. They, mm-hmm. We need you guys. So this really wonderful, um, tough priest and uh, when we finished interviewing, he was like, Rose, St. Michael was there with us. And he was like, I named the medical facility where we were taking care of all these guys at where they were at. Um, they called it, what was the name? They called it again, Full Metal Jacket, but it was really crappy, right? Where they mm-hmm. all were yeah. uh, in Ramadi. But the little medical station there that Father Halley had, he named it after St. Raphael. And then he said, St. Gabriel is going to help you tell the story and get Mm. it to the world. So I was like, wow, (laughs) go archangels. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. He, uh, Father uh, Halliday, he was two weeks prior to Michael's death. He was celebrating mass in the chapel on base and an insurgent got through with a car bomb and it blew up 25 yards from where they had their church. and. It blew out all the windows in the church. It blew, it, it knocked over the guys, all this stuff, uh, while he was in the middle of celebrating Mass. And um, so he ran out, and in the middle of all this craziness, he starts um, pulling guys out and coordinating the the kind of, I think they said that it shattered windows over a mile from the blast site, and he was 25 <sighs> yards from it. 
And mm. so he got a bronze star for his work two weeks prior to then getting the call and hearing that uh, that Michael was lost. And Michael helped. I want to say, did did you say that Michael helped him build the chapel in the book um, where it had the SpongeBob SquarePants uh, sheet uh, hanging up and the <laughs> tabernacle on the floor and all that stuff? I know. You know, Father Paul didn't say if Michael helped him, but no. I just know that, you know, he really was, you know, involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were, they yeah. saw each other a lot. So it was pretty darn cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 he's a character like Father Duffy. Do you know who Father Duffy is? I don't. If you, if you think of Times Square, right, in New York. Yeah. There's a the the red staircase, which is pretty famous, right across the street from the Marquee Hotel, right near Broadway. That square is named after. It's called Father Duffy Square. That Times Square is a part of, and it's he's like I want to read it. I want to read yeah, about he's, it. Yeah, he's like a World War One Catholic priest and stuff. So it's just, and he was a hero, all the same. And it's just amazing that we do have these priests that mm-hmm. um, that align with the mission and go and search. I don't know. It's just incredible. They're yeah. just so needed. Right guys. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, Ooh, save the world or temporal. We're like, dude, uh, administering the last rites as these guys are dying. Heroes, yes. you know, everyone yeah, yeah. has a place, right? right? Fathers, heroes, you know, we just, we all just, I don't know. God is, God is great with these different did, vocations. Did you know, Matt Fenter? Did you know, Matt Fenter? He was, he was, was he at school with us? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was, he was, he I have was to see his face. Now he's father, Paul Costca. Okay, I'd have to yeah. see him. He is a U.S. Navy chaplain now. He is? Yeah, their order, oh. their order, which is spiritual direction space out of Denver. Okay. Incredible guys. He ended up, um, yeah, he went in, and so he serves the U.S. military diocese right now. He was in Guam for a while. Um, God but yeah. bless him. Yeah. I'll pray it, for him. In 2013, Father... Hall Halliday Halloway Halliday Halliday think like Halliday. holiday but Halliday yes right he I tried to search him when when I was listening to the commencement speech I was like I want to learn more about this guy and I thought it said Holiday so I said oh crap I didn't get his first name Father Holiday uh, Catholic and every article was should Catholic priests go on vacation and I was like oh this is never gonna work <laughs> <laughs> so I went back and put on the closed captioning and I was like got it okay there we are. But no, uh, yeah, in 2013, he wrote an article for or was interviewed um, and he talked about how he said we need 500 Catholic priests to be chaplains for the U.S. military. And right now we have 100. And (gasps) it's like, yeah, yeah. And it's it's so shocking Mm -hmm. to see that. But. Yeah, he was well, a baller, we, all, we need them. We need them to say, I will serve. Michael yeah. said it. These guys yeah. that go in will say it. You know, you guys in ministry say it. Like, we need vocations. So, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. just, God will do what he will do. But we hope that we inspire his people through Michael's story and Father Halliday. There's so many different cool dudes in yeah. this story. Yeah. Well, yeah. One thing that, like, I really enjoyed about this was, I, and this is, this is, like, just my world, but I feel like a lot of my, of the people that, like, I, that, I read about or, or stuff. I probably should read about more on Catholic saints or something, but like it's, they're always like tied into like pop culture somehow. It's either like a sports thing or it's I'm like a movie thing or it's, you know, it's, and w- with this, it was like, it was, it was like, oh, that's right. All that stuff is like pointless compared to a story like this. <laughs> like just mm-hmm. it, like it really helps you, know, you see, this is like one thing that I t- took away from this is what really matters. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what really matters are the people that deeply um know who you are, who care about you, who love you, who will lay down um your life for you, and the people that like you would that you would want to lay down your your own life for. And I think I get worried that a lot of particularly men actually like I think they have people in their like that have like pushed um came to shove and you really had to ask them that they say, yeah, of course I, 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 I would, but I like, I wonder how often, cause that's, that, that's a big part of the book is like, just what you're, what are you willing to sacrifice for? There's that great, I forget who was buying the book. We talk about why people, why, why people fight in war or like, why must this, this be done? It's, like, it's about like a paragraph or so, or, or a page. And I think it's really important for people to, it's very easy to get caught up in like a lot of these stupid stuff, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll be blunt. I like, I remember I felt a lot of guilt. My buddy on Nick, 
when he left for Afghanistan, or I can't remember if it was his first time or if it was his second time. I think we were out of college and we came home and, and we all went to a bar. And I remember like I was going to, I had an internship at a record label. I think that I was about to go and do, I think it was around then. And he was going off to, uh, to like Afghanistan. And I was like, Luke, what is wrong with you? Like, like, like there was just this kind of like, I felt like this weird, like I'm caring about these real, like all the superficial kind of things where I'm excited about the new Batman film that's going to be coming out. <laughs> and my buddy, Nick is going to Afghanistan, you know, where he served heroically. And like, I mean, he saved like five people's lives or something. It was just insane. What, what he, yeah. like he was a medic out there. Amazing. And like, yeah, it was pretty, I, like I, it was pretty incredible when he told me the, like what he did. It was very like nonchalant. Like, yeah, that's just kind of happened. And I was like, yeah. that's kind of amazing. <laughs> that's a legendary it, story. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think for like a lot, it, it is like a good kick in the pants for me. I don't know if that's the right word, but like term, but of like, hey, there are things that are more important than the things that like you currently yeah. care about right now. Good. Well, and I think it's good you point that out because like from a philosophical standpoint, I love Joseph Peeper. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. ever read him. But yeah. Oh, yeah. So Big good. time. Mm-hmm. So, he, yeah. So his book on um, it's like a short reader on the virtues and he talks about fortitude. Mm-hmm. And it's so it, it's like stark when he points this out is that people who commit suicide, right? Like there's no bravery there. They don't understand the value of life that they are ending or they wouldn't do it. You know, we know mental health plays an aspect too. So that's, but we're just talking strictly about the philosophical sense of appreciating the gift of life given right Mm -hmm. and then he said to be brave and to have fortitude is not it's not true fortitude if you don't understand what you're protecting which is life Mm -hmm. which know and and know that you're vulnerable he said the angels cannot be brave because they cannot be vulnerable which is fascinating because it makes sense they will not lose their life you guys the decision Mm -hmm. was made right in creation we're humans to really enact this virtue of fortitude we have to be vulnerable and i think that's what's so powerful about michael's story and hopefully each of ours someday to know that it's not that michael didn't value life while he jumped on that grenade it's because he valued it so much that he was willing to give his for his brothers you know in arms and that still blows my mind yeah what was it I think Doug had a kid and or was married and the other Michael didn't and he now has a family because he jumped on that grenade, you know. Yep, and yeah. Benny is the other seal on the other side of the roof who also yeah. has a family now. Mm. Three seals now have families and generations forward because of Michael's actions. You know, and and I love what you were saying Luke in the sense of like you know Paying, paying the price, serve, going into service into such starkness, and then you're like, well, look at me. I'm worried about my job. But in another sense, it's like, yeah, they're doing that so you can worry about getting mm-hmm. this record label exactly. job. So yeah. you can yeah. do this. You know, it's like, so we can enjoy the freedoms that aren't free, right? That comes at a mm-hmm. cost. And for us, I think the worst thing we can do is neglect or forget that cost. Mm-hmm. And the the acknowledgement at the commencement of the ship, there was uh, one of the, I think I think he was one of the Medal of Honor winners, and he was referenced by one of the guys giving the speech, and he said, you know, you never stop saying, freedom isn't free. And and the guy who's an older dude, right? There's two guys. I I want to say they were Medal of Honor recipients, but they were you know well in their seventies or eighties or something like that, and he made that comment and you know, his buddy put his arm around him like that. And you see this understanding. Okay. Here's, here's my nerdy part. There's these science fiction books that I read that I've talked about many times in the show. I'm not going to go into it. Luke, don't quit shaking your head and roll your eyes. (laughs) But there's this line a couple of times, a couple of times there are these lines that get me like, just floor me. And one of them was about the death of one guy's son. And it turned the dad hard and, and to despair into drinking and to turn the daughter to become an enemy of the, you know, whatever. But the line that they had, was this media presentation about the fallen heroes of the war. And they said, you know, it's, it's a saying, and I can't remember the whole thing. And it's some men are asked to give some, and some men give everything. And the guy gets up and he crushes his beer can or whatever. And he said, and some people give nothing. 
And that was denoting the father's bitterness towards these politicians who ride the wave of of the the tide of men and women's blood shed for this country. Mm -hmm. And they get to claim and, you know, and, you know, all this stuff. And it like it kills me to think of. You know, that, that that's a phrase that's used often. It was used, I think, three times at the commencement, which is they paid the ultimate price or they they gave the ultimate price and he was talking about george and george and sally and that they paid it to to the country and hopefully we could you know the the ship and all the honoring that they do maybe that we can put a down payment on what we owe him that that is something that you know it puts it in perspective that some people do pay the ultimate price so that we can you know drive big cars and and drink coke zero and not be afraid because rough men stand ready, you know, mm-hmm. to, to fight. And we can't forget that. We shouldn't let it cheapen the goals and the life and the things that we, but we should like, yeah, live a good life. Was that, I think that's it should, what. It, and you said it, right? Because that's what yeah. George told Doug. It was Doug, Doug or yeah. Mike. Where, you know, he's like, I don't know what to say. Because he knows he came home, but his son didn't. And here he is. And George just said, well, just live a good life. And that's what I think every single one of these guys would want. Because most of mm-hmm. them, you know, in our generation went willingly. They weren't drafted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they were protecting the American dream. That's what one SEAL told me. He was like, we went in when September 11th happened to protect yeah. the American dream and the way of life. And guys, I've just like you went to Austria. We just took our kids on a pilgrimage. And I met this guy in Belgium. My husband and I did while we were there. We were visiting our blessed mother, Our Lady of Barong. I don't want to say that, but in Belgium. And he was so amazing. He looked at me and he said to Ryan and I, and he's like, you guys don't understand. You're a lighthouse to the world. Don't ever give up your first and second amendments. He's like, we've already lost them. Hmm. And it was so intense. Even with my husband serving, you know, when you come back to America, so Mm -hmm. many youth today have no idea what they have and what's been given in order to keep it. So as parents, our job, educators, missionaries, whatever it is, our job is to remind people to live a good life because of the gift we've been given. You know, first our faith, our health, our, you know, stability. There's just, we could go on and on. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why reading this book, Defend Us in Battle, is so important. Like, because you need to read those, you need to read stories like this to remember that. Like, and you do a great job of like really paying a picture of who Michael was and like what a sacrifice, like not, and like not like only what he did, but how he got to that point where he could make, where he could make that, where he could make that sacrifice. Like you see why this guy did what he did. And how it was almost like there was, like, I won't ever, I, I like one of the parts of the book that like really hit me was the part about how when he gets out of his chair, he mo- to go and jump on the, yeah. on the like, grenade, he moves, he went like so hard and fast that the chair like hits the back of the wall. And it kind of is one of those small um, details that only comes from like a real life thing, you know, cause like who would think about that while you're writing like a fake thing or something. And it just, that really, really like. It just makes it real about like this is a real person who lived during a specific time who did ex- who did extremely heroic things and I and I it helps you it helps you appreciate what you have where you're from and like what's actually actually important in life and to kind of go like I'm a full circle like I remember when I was in Austria on when we had our four day or like our five day I forget what it was called but uh, it's been twenty years. I went out to France and we went to Normandy and we went to um, the Ugh. cemetery there where there's a lot of, there's a ton of, I believe it's actually considered to be American soil. So, cause it's all the Americans wow. who are buried there who died during the D-Day invasion or the early parts of the invasion of, um, of Europe. And it was, I mean, I, I like, I was aware it was going to be a big, a big deal. I was, surprised at how much it impacted me i was surprised at how proud i felt to to be an american like just and i mean that in the best way possible of just this kind of and this is like the height of like france doesn't like america because they you know all that all that's all that stuff mm-hmm. and it was just really i think actually john paul too talked about this uh and during the 
Jubilee of 2000, like going to the best and the worst parts of humanity. And you, and like, this was seeing kind of both in the same spot of like, here are these people who did this like brave, heroic act or, or or they're a part of this brave, heroic event to stop this like horrific thing. And that's why I think this story is so important because it's easy to like lose on the side of that and get, and get caught up in a lot of like the dumb things. And, and it's, and it's not that, that the dumb things aren't important, but like this needs to be unfoundational and everything should come from like an understanding of this. Cause that's what I think helps lead to a good life. That was a weird um, and protection of our freedoms right, yeah. guys with yeah. COVID and they're trying to take everything away. It's like, no, uh, no, you know, like we have to stand for God given rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and because it's, it's so easy to kind of like just feel like like just get like just get stuck in a and like we're like bubble and it's like it's through tiny things that those rights tend to go away and it's super important to really uh, uh, to really try to understand like where did those the ability to like have those rights come from and like what happens if they are gone you know yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, and honestly, I mean, we've said it a, a trillion times. If you read this book, you will get to know the man, not just the myth and the legend, mm-hmm. right? You get to know, you'll have a sense of his personality, his family, his place. He is Southern California. That I like one guy's being like, even though they're, when they're out on missions, he was so quiet, but he always had this smirk on his face. <laughs> it's like either he was, there was some joke he was thinking of, or it was just his Southern California lifestyle, right? But just the fact, like, these things coincide and intersect in your life, in, obviously, his parents' life, in the the life of the military, the Brotherhood of the Seals, it's so, it's, a, it's an excellent testament. I think you've written a fantastic book. I'm glad you and George were able to be partners with it, and your husband, and all the other people who collaborated and helped you. I love the fact that so many people witnessed his act of courage that it's a part of u.s military history Mm -hmm. and so is saint michael the archangel right it is embedded now physically into a ship and it's it's i think that's so cool well guys now and thank you because you've just became a part of the story because now you're gonna help spread the word through your beautiful apostolate and that's why this just continues to grow it's like go holy spirit take this Mm -hmm. and do with it what you will you know we're all just really blessed to be vessels aren't we yeah Yeah. amen absolutely where can people buy the book so they can get the hard copy anywhere books are sold amazon barnes and noble walmart etc and then the audiobook, which you listen to, Gomer, is also super cool. And that's on Audible. Yeah. Yeah. I, point, I also went and got the PDFs and downloaded them of his, like the, wh- what is it? The, the actual the photos. Yeah. yeah the photo insert. Oh, and the actual write up, actually, yes. history buffs like you mm-hmm. and uh, Luke. In the back, my brother was the one who suggested that, which is awesome. Oh, nice. He's like, we want to read the actual citations. That's yeah. why the chapters are dated. Like I mm-hmm. had the after action reports. God bless, yeah. you know, Naval, Naval Special Warfare and my you know, husband for knowing how to get their hands on those. Yeah. So it's super cool because after you read this amazing story in the back, first you see it in the middle of the pictures. In the back, you read the actual write-ups that the government were, you know, reviewing to award him the Medal of Honor from President Bush. Yeah. 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 It's so cool. Part. Yeah. So I downloaded that. Last night, and I was like, I got him. I got him. I was going to try to read it before today, but I, uh, your boy slept in. I slept in. It's all good. Too late up watching uh, Navy boat commissionings. And stuff like <laughs> this is what it's like when you become a Catholic speaker full full time. You just do whatever. And you just, oh, you, man. You like, whatever. Keep it up. Well, you know, I'll be praying for you guys too because there's lots of souls that need some amazing, amazing, you know, inspiration. Yeah, my wife, uh, after I told her the stories this morning over coffee, she immediately texted her brother, who is in the Marine Corps, and she's like, you need to read this book. You need to, you need to put this in your life because, you know, it's hard for young servicemen who get involved in the, in the military life to, to keep their faith. But my so one, hard. yeah, my one nephew just left the military after doing his four years, and he left, and now he's going to go to Benedictine and... Yeah, he's 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 even more solid in his faith. So it is possible. Yay! It is possible. Amen. 
Yeah, big fan of the show, Chris Miller. He's a friend of mine. Is he Luke? Is he just a friend? No, he's a <laughs> best friend. <laughs> uh, he's out in Denver. He, uh, yeah, he served in. He was at Blood Air Force Base in Iraq, and you know, it's he, he talks about having to fight for his faith and all that stuff so much, and and just the culture and environment. But there are times where you get connected with the right group of guys. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. maybe it can be the right chaplain or the right this yep. or right that, and then it's like, yeah. And I think Chris, at the end of the book, you say that Chris credits, I think it was Chris, one of them credits becoming Catholic to the time when yeah, they were Chris. in, yeah, when they were in Sicily together, cliff yep. diving and all that stuff. Just great. Yeah. Just great story. So yeah. Kudos to you. And yeah, seriously. And George, I went to the U.S. Navy website or uh, YouTube channel where the commissioning was. And I wrote a little, wrote a little prayer for Michael and his family on there. So Thank it's, you. That's it, it deserves to be watched. And Luke, I added it to the show notes. <laughs> See, Way to I go. Was thinking, I know. I'm a real boy. I'm a grown yeah, up. Look at that. No, Yay. I don't have to worry about doing that. So thank you. <laughs> or our producer. Well, thanks so. again, guys. I yeah. really, yeah, really of appreciate course. getting to talk about his story. Absolutely. Yeah. The book is called Defend Us in Battle. And it. It is available where any like books are sold. It was great to have you on, Rose. And thank you very much. My pleasure. Cool. Yeah, really, this podcast is just so we can talk to Franny. So yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. That's what, yeah, it's the only reason why. It's just Woo-hoo! I don't ever want. Yeah, I know. As I age, I have to keep. I'm living in the past. So on that note, I'm going to stop the recording. We'll go from there.